Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to L.A. Kings Road Talk Radio. Sportsnews.com bringing to you a disappointing episode of LA Kings Road Talk Radio. Actually, I'm sure the show's going to be a lot of fun. The show's going to be good, but it's going to be tough to talk about the game as the Kings just dropped a loss to the Edmonton Oilers 3-2 to in a close one, kind of, sort of, and of course, just in a complete heartbreaking way while battling for a playoff spot and not getting a single point, two points on a day when teams like Colorado and St. Louis have won, just making it even harder to get a playoff spot, which is not guaranteed for LA Kings. So, yeah, I'm a little bitter. I'm a little upset. But here to uh, to join me in my misery, of course, my, uh, my two good friends here, I have my good friend and colleague from CaliSportsNews.com, of course, a long-time friend of the show, Ryan Cowley. Ryan, how are you, sir? Uh, well, um, uh, for for last Jeff, uh, I would have loved to call and say I'm in a great mood. Uh, unfortunately, given the obvious circumstances, uh, yeah, um, uh, um, yeah, you know what? Uh, the Oilers, well, you know, on paper, a team LA should have beat, and yeah, well. Yes, definitely, but it's uh, you know it's always this time of the year, Ryan, that uh, really gets my nerves um, at, at extreme levels that are difficult to handle. Meaning that even though the Kings are going to play a team like say Edmonton, who's been out of a playoff spot for, so far for the entire season, whether they're having yeah. a hot streak right now or not. Uh, Edmonton's mm-hmm. been out of it all year, but it's teams like Edmonton I'm the most afraid of because they tend to play spoiler because they got nothing to lose. Uh, the Kings still oh, have absolutely. Arizona coming up. Arizona, the worst team in the Western Conference, and I'm afraid aye, of aye, them aye. too because 
they have nothing to lose, and they can play spoiler as well. So it's games like these where, on paper, like you said, yeah, the Kings, you know, you got to take advantage. You got you to gotta beat these teams before you take on the ones that definitely are going to be hard to beat if you want to get a point or two points to get into the playoffs. But, man, when, oh, yeah. when things like this happen, it just it drives me up the wall. Oh my God! Well, uh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, you know what? Um, um, and to be honest with you, Jeff, um, you know, uh, I, I, I mean, not that a regular loss would be bearable in any shape or form, but the thing is, uh, the, the way it started, uh, no, no, and I'm talking about Edmonton's first goal, uh, and they they just snuck out there a completely full quick, and I'm thinking to myself. What the hell was that? You know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't even ready for it. Just like Jonathan Quick, I wasn't even ready for it. As I was still getting my stuff ready and you're ready to take some notes, you know, on the game and stuff. Next thing you know, it's one of the Edmonton off the hop. But before we get into that, Ryan, let's bring in who we like to call the king of the state of Ohio, Jerry Atkins. Jerry, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I wish I was the king of Ohio. I would probably cut my taxes. (laughs) <laughs> well, you word. are to us, Jerry. You are to yeah. us. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's go ahead. Yeah, I missed that first goal too. I had taken the dog out uh, during the anthem and decided, well, the dog's gone to the bathroom. I probably better go. And I come back out of the bathroom and they're already <laughs> down one nothing. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. What, what happened here? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was just one of those, like, and I know Colorado scored really quick and early, too, in the last game. Of course, both games, completely different outcomes for our Kings. It was like the Kings left oh, all of their, I don't know, mojo still in Denver or something. They were they were completely flat tonight. Uh, they did play okay. Actually, they played a lot better in the second period, but the Oilers, again, taking control of the third period. But that first goal by Pontus Aberg, not to be confused, or unless it's Aberg, not to be confused with Akiberg, of course, scoring 45 uh, yeah. seconds into the game, uh, catches quick, catches the kicks by surprise. It was a wraparound from behind the net. He picked up the loose puck, which was uh, actually uh, by Kobe Reader. Him and Dion Phaneuf were battling with uh, the same Edmonton Oilers player trying to get the puck. Puck was loose. Uh, Albert just brings around right into the net, 45 seconds in, and just like that, the Kings are down one to nothing, which I wasn't too worried about right away because the Kings normally do give up the first goal in almost every game in the first period. Uh, that is Including true. the last one against Colorado. But, yeah, just the way that it happened, I mean, 45 seconds in, quick, you know, thought Reader had it, so he's looking the other way, and the guy just banked it right in. Uh, not a good start here, Ryan. Mm-mm. Uh, 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 no, 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 no. no uh, 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 and... It's the only thing that we did this month. Uh, 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 but you know what? Earlier today, I was talking to my girlfriend, and we said, you know what? We're going to, uh, because I'm in Toronto, as you know. Uh, she's in McKinleyville, California. Uh, which, by the way, that is Northern California, not San Jose. Uh, but you know what? I digress. Um, no, 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 the thing is, um, uh, uh, see, her and I video chat a lot, and we decided, well, you know what, you know what, video chatting, we're going to 
uh, watch the game together. And you know what? Because uh, ideally, because because the Oilers are not a playoff team, uh, we thought, you know what, this would be a great game. Uh, 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 the games will uh, maybe start slow, but they'll the regroup come out swinging. But uh, uh, no, that just uh, did not happen, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, yeah. Rough way to start the game, of course. Uh, the Kings, as I mentioned before, really flat in that first period. It was really pretty much all Edmonton. And then later oh, on yeah. in the period at 15-32, uh, Connor McDavid uh, scores. Again, the puck, the puck this time wasn't behind the net, but it was a pass by Raddy. Uh, Kopitar looked like he was trying to intercept the pass instead of playing his man on coverage, which would have been Connor McDavid. Yeah. Uh, the puck gets past Kopi uh, in a very rare defensive error. Uh, McDavid, of course, not a guy you want to leave alone with the puck. The puck is inside the net. No. He just it's not a wraparound, but he just brings it in front, puts it in the net, quick, not ready for it either. A second goal by Edmonton, both of them by the side of the net. Uh, Jerry, your thoughts on that second goal? Um, that that was, yeah, it was an uncharacteristic error by Kofi. Um, and, of course, the, the last person you want to have the puck after that, get it, uh, I kept thinking because because I had the Edmonton feet of the game down here. I only had one option on center ice tonight, and that was Edmund, Edmonton's feed. How weird is it going to be if the Rocket Richard Trophy goes to Connor McDavid and they're not even in the playoffs? Uh, yeah, I yeah, I wonder. I'm not to be honest with you. I'm not too sure if anyone has won the Rocket Richard Trophy without making the playoffs, because that's like one trophy I honestly never really pay attention to, uh, to be honest. I know a lot of people do because it's goals, right? It's a flashy trophy, but because yeah. it's not one of the original trophies of when I was growing up, it came so much later that uh, I really don't pay attention to it. But Ovechkin's still really on top with 44, but it would be really amazing if McDavid won uh, the Rocket Richard and the Art Ross Trophy, uh, because I think after today, uh, McDavid picked up what two points? Is that correct, or did he get uh-huh. more than uh, yeah. two points? He got two, he got two goals, yeah. Because yeah. he scored, yeah. yeah. So he got the two goals. So he now passes Tampa Bay's uh, Nikita Kucherov for top of the NHL with 96 points. He is on top of the NHL right. with 96 points on a team that was nowhere near a playoff spot. But you know, I digress because you know, they did beat the Kings today, so how bad can they be? Yeah. We really needed those points so bad. But, right. uh, yeah, Connor McDavid uh, makes it 2 nothing, and then right off the hop, the Kings come back, which is so Ellie Kings, being down, um, get, getting knocked down with a punch. If this was a boxing match, I've been watching a lot of Rocky movies lately, guys, so just bear with me. <laughs> uh, just, like, yeah, yeah. just like Sylvester Stallone's Rocky Balboa, he gets knocked down, and then he kind of bounces right back up. Uh, Kings did that, after the second goal at 16 minutes, Jake Muzzin scores his eighth to uh, cut the lead in half, two to one. Some real slick passing by Tanner Pearson and Jeff Carter. Uh, Carter was trapped along the boards there uh, near the side of the net, but gets the puck up to Pearson who quickly uh, gets it to Jake Muzzin. Muzzin uh, puts it into the net in what Jim Fox called the knuckleball. Just like that, it is two to one. Ryan, your thoughts on that goal? Uh, uh, you know, you know what? Uh, uh, no, no, no. Sam uh, and I were talking, and uh, uh, no, no. Uh, you know, McDavid. I mean, hey, 
you know, uh, you gotta give him all the credit in the world. Uh, uh, but but when he made it do nothing, uh, I, you know, as you can imagine, I was down on my luck, um, and I was like, oh man, like like falling uh, two goals down to the Oilers. How are they going to get back from this? Um, uh, no, no. And then of course, uh, no, no, no. You know, uh, excuse me. I got my composure and. And lo and behold, there you go. Forty seconds later, uh, uh, no, no, uh, 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 uh no, and you're talking about that, uh, that play, but the Carter, uh, no, 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 uh, and then he's he like, like Tanner Pearson, um, uh, no, no, um, uh, I mean, I mean that play, that that time it could have been more crucial because like. Because, like, literally, as soon as the puck hit his tape, he got rid of it, and there was Muzzin stricken in, and bam, you know, do one. Yeah, it's – but it, it just – isn't it annoying? And, and, and it's true. Like, I, I posted up on uh, both Facebook and on Twitter, uh, wow, yeah. like, why does it always take – and I'm paraphrasing that, but why does it always take, you know, to be – behind on goals for the Kings to wake up and get back into a game. And as mm-hmm. as much as I was relieved that Muzzin was able to score quickly, so you know, the Kings were able to cut that lead in half, why does it always have to take uh, them to be behind for the Kings to wake up and play? Like, where's the urgency that they need a playoff spot, they need points, and that they can't just go right off the hop, you know, from the drop of the puck starting the game from the opening faceoff. Instead, they have to wait till they're two goals down against a team that's that's out of a playoff spot. I know that's so kings, but it doesn't get any less mm-hmm. frustrating when and when it's happening all the time and we're getting right to that nitty-gritty at the end of the season. Are you going in or are you not going to make the playoffs? And, you know, yeah. if the kids really want it, they got to go for it. And it really looked like today, especially early on in that first period, they really didn't want it. Would you agree, Jerry? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I was I was thinking about that uh, during the first period that, you know, when the first goal went in, I thought, well, okay, will the team from Colorado show up, which took the game over after that first Colorado goal went in. They pretty much took the game over and ran with it the rest of the game. Here tonight, it took two goals, and um, the first king to get on the board is Muzzin, who you know frequently is is the one that we're bitching about taking a stupid penalty or you know doing <laughs> some yeah, creating true. some turnover that that puts the puck in the net. And yeah, the urgency for it tonight just wasn't there. It really wasn't there. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know, understand um, that. That's that's not a good strategy going into the playoffs for sure. Go ahead, Ryan. I mean, they're closing they're closing uh, in uh, on uh, 50, uh, 50 uh, games where uh, they've given up the first goal. Yep. Go ahead, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no. Um. Uh. Uh. Oh no. Also, they was like was like energy night game. Uh. Um. Uh. No. No. I, now I do realize I'm saying the obvious by saying this. Uh. But. Uh. But the thing with the Oilers. Um. I'm sure this is every team's game plan. Uh. uh but like. Um. Uh. But I said regardless, uh, like how they fared tonight against the Oilers. Uh. Uh. They real. Uh. They really got to focus and 
and find a way or a couple ways to uh, contain Conor McDavid. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. And you know what? You've heard my reservations about the first bowl. Uh, 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 um, uh, but you know what? You know, I was just annoyed with the second bowl because, like, uh, no, 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 because he was Conor McDavid. It's like, uh, like kind of side the net all alone, and it's like, um, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, you know, and you're thinking uh, now the team like Edmonton, you know, uh, you know, you have to find ways to contain like Dryside and Nurse and all that. But, uh, but you know what? Uh, I mean, it wouldn't call him the greatest player in the game yet, but like, uh, uh, but definitely up there. Uh, yeah, it's the way that opportunity came about for uh, for McDavid. He was, as I just said, he was. He was on the side all alone. No, no, and I'm thinking myself like, like, uh, uh, um, uh, I was like, you know, just rolled my eyes. Like, like I really don't know what to say. Uh, 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 Kopitar was right there. Uh, he didn't see me doing much, like as much. I love Kopitar, but, uh, yeah. So the that was period ends. Unfortunate. It was, yeah, definitely. And you know what? What was fortunate though was that that period finally ended. Uh, but it did yeah. end with uh, Emelton getting a penalty, Ethan Bear slashing on Tanner Pearson at 18:39, giving the Kings yeah. uh, the opportunity of a power play. Uh, period ends. Kings start the second on the power play, and the Oilers kill it. Nothing happens at all. And shortly after that, and as shortly I after was just that, talking Connor McDavid scores again at 4:08. Uh, this time, uh, him showing off his split, uh, his split, his speed, splitting the Kings' defense, and just yeah. wristing. I thought it was kind of a weak shot past Quick. Uh, there wasn't much muster behind it, but it was enough to get by Quick and into the net, make it three to one Edmonton and the Kings, who started the period as I mentioned on the power play, looked like they were sleeping out there. Jerry, your thoughts on that third Edmonton goal? Oh, uh, that that was terrible. I I don't know what was going on out there. It, you're right. They they looked like they were asleep. They just uh, there was no no compete level in that one. Um, not not exactly a highlight reel shot, and it still goes by quick. Yeah. So you know you know it, that was hard to watch that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one was a big punch in the stomach, especially with, you know, I was very hopeful with the Kings ending the first on the power play, and maybe they can uh, get some momentum from that, but that turned out not to be the case. But overall, the Kings did have a much stronger second period. They did finish out shooting the Oilers in this period, 16-7, to and uh, – the goal that the Kings did score to make it close to three to two. This now these type of goals that I love. I love seeing stuff like this. Looks like the Oilers were about to uh, clear their defensive zone and create a rush, but Tanner Pearson gets in there, creates a turnover, does everything in his power to keep the puck in the Oilers zone, gets the puck up yep. to Toby Reader, who dished it out perfectly to a Russian Jeff Carter. Carter taps it for his ninth of the year. Reader with his 12th assist, but first as an LA King, he now has three goals, one assist as a King, and three points in the last two games uh, since playing 
on the second line with Jeff Carter. Tanner Pearson with his second assist of the game. He now has 23. And the Kings are now just one behind, 3-2. to two. Ryan, your thoughts on Jeff Carter's goal? Uh, uh, it, well, it, it, uh, like uh, long story short, it, it, um, uh, uh, um, uh, just in terms of timing and opportunity, it is exactly what the Kings needed because, because uh, after McDavid made a three-one, um, no, 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 uh, I even said to myself, you know what, uh, um, I have faith in like. Kovacs aren't downing all them, but, but the thing is, like, like you know what? After his performance in Denver, I said, uh, you know what? Uh, okay, okay. If, if Jeff Carter is going to do something, uh, uh, um, uh, no, no, um, uh, 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 um, excuse me. Uh, no, I said something on lines of like, of like, like Jeff Carter needs to do some. Uh, 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 oh. uh, sorry, guys. Give me a sec. Um, no yeah, no, no. Uh, uh, you know what? Um, uh, 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 you know, sorry for the games. Get back in this game. Jeff really need uh, like <laughs> needs to uh, to, uh, to do something now. Uh, no, no, and you know what? Um, uh, no, no, uh, and a few, few Kings fans I've talked to have spoken highly about this, and I don't blame them. Uh, but you know what? Uh, the trade from Arizona, uh, I am really, my spirit, I am really, really, He is totally awesome, guys, honestly. He is. Uh, that, that, was a, that was a sweet goal. It was a great, great setup. I mean, Reader put that pass in the perfect spot, and Carter just slammed it home. That, that was perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, guys, a little technical difficulties here. Uh, so, Jeff Carter, here's the thing I was thinking today. Uh, Carter sure. with two points, a goal and assist today. He has only played uh, 21 games this season. 16 points, nine goals, seven assists. Where would the Kings be right now in the standings if, and of course, you know, we'll never know because we can't turn back yeah. the clock, can't go back in time at least well, at least not yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where would the Kings be in the standings right now if Jeff Carter didn't miss most of the season because of his injury and surgery? If he was healthy all year, where would the Kings be, Jerry? Oh, that, it's it's night and day with with Carter in the lineup. I mean, um, it's it's impossible to imagine where they would be because because of the way that he's come back. He's come back and made such a huge impact in such a short compressed amount of time. Um, yeah, I, I can't, I, I can't even imagine where they would be. I, I would think they would solidly be in a playoff spot. Um, if not, 
you know, they would be nipping at Vegas's heels right now if if we'd had Carter all season long. Yeah. Definite, definitely you know, just, possible. Yeah, definitely possible. And what I like also right now, of course, we took the loss, but uh, the chemistry that Toby Reader is finding with Jeff Carter. I mean, it's really, yeah. I really find it an amazing story with Carter because he was known more as a sniper than a complete player, than a playmaker, than a leader, um, you know, throughout yeah. most of his career as a junior, a top small time in Columbus before coming to L.A. L.A. really showed this different side of Jeff Carter, which caught a lot of people by surprise. Now we're used to it because we've been seeing it for quite a few years. We know exactly what yeah. Jeff Carter can provide. But it's really true and what I like to call the Gretzky effect, you know, where one player is just so good. And I, I'm not saying Jeff Carter's Wayne Gretzky, people, so relax with the tweets and the Facebook yeah, messages. <laughs> Calm down. I get it. But what I am saying is the Gretzky effect <laughs> – which is Wayne Gretzky was such a talented player that you can put people with him on his line that obviously who's going to be as talented as Wayne Gretzky? You've got to be the elite of the elite, like a Mario Lemieux or Bobby Orr, of course. But, you know, you can put, you know, someone on Gretzky's line and they could score 20, 30, 40 goals and uh, just play better maybe to their ability because Wayne Gretzky's centering him and feeding them that puck. And I find that Jeff Carter does that as well. We saw it with two rookies in 2014 with Tyler Toffoli and Tanner Pearson. How much has yeah. Pearson's game picked up since Carter came back from injury? And now Toby Reader uh-huh. coming from the trade from Arizona, now three points in his last two games, finding some serious chemistry with Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter, people just uh, – he's like a, a magnet. People just want to, you know – just want to stick to him, and uh, their games go up while he plays his game, and it really just, like, my my heart's in my stomach when it's like, man, we didn't have Carter for most of the season, and, and I think Jerry's right. We could have been right up there, uh, nipping at the buds at least with Vegas for the top spot in the Pacific Division because of the type of player Jeff Carter is and what he provides and what he can do, and it actually really oh, annoys yeah. me how the – how a lot of people and journalists and pundits in the NHL don't know it. They don't see it. They don't recognize it. Whenever you mention Jeff yeah. Carter, like, Jeff Carter? Really? And it's like, wow, guys, I know you're sleeping in the East. And, hey, all three of us are from the East Coast. We're all in the Eastern time zone here. Yeah, yeah that's true. Road Talk Radio. Yep. And we're, of course, a longtime uh, Die Hard Kings fan, so we know what Jeff Carter can do. We've been watching it since 2012 with him on the team. And as – uh, at least Ryan and I, as Canadians, you know, we also follow Carter as a junior, uh, the 2005 mm-hmm, yeah. World Juniors, for example, and stuff like that. And so we know what he can provide, yet he doesn't get recognized or the credit from the who's who of the experts for NHL hockey. And it really, it's really annoying. Would you agree, Ryan? Oh, God, yes. Um, uh, no, just like, like uh, okay, you know what? Uh, 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 no, 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 no. You, you know the the whole East Coast thing, West Coast thing, and I'm in bed by ten, whatever. You know what? Uh, um, um, uh, no, 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 no. You, you, you know what? Honestly, that would have been more uh, well, excuse if you were talking about this. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, no, no. I'd say about like, like, like. Like also already or like 1987. I don't know why I picked 87 specifically, but you know, uh, um, and then, and then, you know what? 
um, uh, 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 long story short, like, um, you know, 20, 25 years ago, uh, 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 you know, basically because of technology or lack thereof, um, uh, you know, if, um, growing up, growing up as a Kings fan on the East Coast, well, what's up? Because, like, uh, because uh, you open up the newspaper and and there wouldn't be any score because it'd be it'd be too late and unfortunately on yeah. TV you could only catch the scores every one half hour or or, or once an hour even. Uh, uh, you That's know what? True, yep. You know, I think with the advancement in technology and like social media and all that, uh, um, uh, you know, people say, oh well. I don't know what's going on with Carter, or I don't know what's going on with Soap uh, Jar because I'm in bed by 10. Uh, you know what? If you made that argument in 1996, uh, you know what? You know, okay, that's justified. Uh, right, uh, right. But I'm sorry, but uh, I really don't think you can make that that argument in today's day and age. I agree 100% because, like you said, the modern technology. Now we got center ice, we got game center, we have 24/7 uh, sports channels. Like more, like we have like four or five that you could go to uh, that have hockey. You have the NHL Network. You got all kinds of stuff. Like back in the day. And we're going to talk about back in the day because thinking of back in the day makes me feel better after the loss the Kings got today. But back in the day, being an East Coast. Kings fan, like the three of us are, like back, Ryan's right. Back in the day, uh, you couldn't get the town newspaper. You could, but you look at the sports pages, and they wouldn't have the Kings score because the game would be going on late in the West Coast, and right. uh, it wouldn't be printed in time once the newspaper went into publication. Uh, and you know, and bless my mom. My mom would get me a subscription to the Hockey News, which only came out once a week. You know, in newspaper yeah. form, but that's the only way I could, I could get my King stats because the, the local newspapers wouldn't have, you know, the King stats. I would have to have a week old hockey newspaper, uh, the Hockey News newspaper, for me to get that information. And we, you know, we do what we can as fans, trying to stay up late and watching the highlights. And if you're lucky, you'll get a highlight from LA. Usually they'll just yeah. show the score. And that's if you don't miss it by quickly going to the washroom or coming back and they just completely just skipped it over or they just played it quickly and you completely missed it. So that was that was torture as a kid, you know, or living through the ticker, you know, watching the sports ticker oh, in the corner, waiting for it to get through the basketball scores, the football scores, the baseball scores, to get to the hockey scores. And the last score was always the LA Kings. And if you missed that too by going to the washroom or getting a drink or the phone ringing, um, yeah, you, you had to wait another half hour before that went through the whole loop again. So technology oh, definitely yeah. makes it a lot easier. And what doesn't make it easier is the fact that people still don't give uh, West Coast players, especially Kings players, the credit that they deserve. They'll give a Connor McDavid. No the credit that he deserved because, well, he's playing on a Canadian team, but Drew Doughty probably yeah. should have had a couple of more Norses than he has. Uh, Kopitar probably mm-hmm. should have had a couple of more Selkies than he has. I'm still pretty sure Jonathan Quick should have won the 2012 of Vesna at the very least, I, the 2012 I, Hart I, Trophy. A yeah, nomination. I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, say, I was going to say nothing against Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, 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 you know he's a world class uh, goalie, but uh, but 2012 uh, uh, 
Uh, just given that 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 LA has the uh, the second fewest goals for all season long. Yeah. Yeah, you know? so quick in 2012 in the regular season, 929 save yeah. percentage, nine shutouts, or was it 10? Did he hit double digits? I would have to look that up. I but believe he, was he had like, 10. Yeah. Yeah, so 10 shutouts. No Johnson Quick playing the way he played that regular season. No Stanley Cup for the Kings in 2012. No Cup in 2012. I highly doubt a Cup in 2014. So, uh, nope. you know, Quick should have been – if they can nominate and give the trophy to Jose Theodore, which was back when, in 2002? Oh, uh, 2002, Gala. I think, yeah. Yeah, 2002, yeah. and uh, Quick doesn't even get that consideration. Yet, yeah, Carey Price won every trophy imaginable in 2015 from the heart, the Vesna. Uh, they gave him the Super Bowl MVP. They gave him the Oscar yeah. for Best Picture that year. <laughs> yeah, he won everything that year, you know, and Quick yes. can't even get a heart nomination at the very least. Doesn't yeah. even have a Vesna, but has been nominated twice, but... He does have a Conn Smythe trophy, and in my opinion, that is the most important one to get because that makes you the MVP of the playoffs, the championship, yep. when it matters the right. most, right? Not, not 82 games in a regular season, but the actual championship playoffs. Quick has been the MVP, so that doesn't make me feel a bit better, though. So he's definitely there uh, in the history book. So let's quickly end the, the breakdown of this game because there's really nothing much to talk about in the third period. Uh, Edmonton, yeah. again, outclassed L.A. as they did in the first period. Uh, the Kings took a penalty. Trevor Lewis for slashing at 3.33. Actually, before that, sorry, guys. The Oilers actually started the period on the power play. Uh, Nate Thompson with a breakaway shorthanded. This could yeah. have been the yeah. this could have yeah. been the, at least a point or two points. And, hey, it's not Thompson's fault. He tried to pick a corner. Cam Talbot, uh, Oilers goalie, made a big save. That is what it is. Props to Thompson yeah. for uh, – Intercepting the puck and trying to get that offensive opportunity while shorthanded didn't work out. But I think Nate, Tom- like I think the world of Nate Thompson, and uh, Jim Fox talked about it a lot today on the broadcast. But when he was brought over uh, in the trade with Dion Phaneuf, I was very happy for Phaneuf. I know a lot of people were upset about it or weren't sure about it. A lot of people following the Canadian media as a Canadian and Ryan as a Canadian, you can relate that, you know, sometimes yeah. the, at least the Ontario, Toronto, Maple Leaf media can overhype a player or underhype a player depending on their mood. And I think Fanouf yeah. really got the, uh, the rough treatment in all his years with Toronto. I was happy that Fanouf came to L.A., but I was also really happy that uh, Nate Thompson was a part of that trade. And I feel like he has really added a meanness. He is a rock star uh, defensively, he is a rock star in the face-off circle. Uh, I just think the world of it. Jerry, what do you think of Nate Thompson? Well, even the Edmonton crew um, that I was watching was, was talking about what a strong, what a strong game he had tonight. And yeah, that breakaway goal—it it was a pretty breakaway. You know, unfortunately, it didn't end up in a goal. But you know, my God, he he was trying. There, there was some heart being shown there. And absolutely to get the two points to get the two points there. And, you know, it, it just didn't, it didn't end the way we wanted it to end. But right. uh, yeah, yeah, that, that was, that was a, a great breakaway. You know, it, it was fantastic. And let's not mm-hmm. forget that Thompson uh, at some point, 
I think around like five minutes to go or so in the second period, Thompson actually took an elbow to the face, like right to the teeth it looked like. He was trying to hit one of the Oilers players, got struck with an elbow. Referees, of course, totally missed it. Uh, Thompson went straight to the back, and but he came back in the third period and, you know, had that shorthanded breakaway. So it was also close. But, yeah, man, big thumbs up to Nate Thompson. Like, Great pickup, and I hope oh, the kid, actually he's still signed with the Kings. He still has one more year on his contract, actually next year. So I'm pretty oh, excited yeah. about that. So, anyways, uh, the Kings uh, can't get that tight goal. Edmonton is out shooting them in the third. They pull Jonathan Quick. Raddy of the Oilers misses an empty net. I thought this was an opportunity. I thought this was a sign the Kings were going to come back, and it was oh so close in the so dying close, seconds. Huh? Dustin Brown just missed yep. the puck. Oh, the uh, winning yeah. I think it was Adam Larson of the Oilers. I could be wrong, but just got a stick on Brown as the puck was coming into the crease. Brown went for it completely. We've seen Brown get that goal. We've seen Brown get that goal, and Toronto take it away as well, especially against the Oilers. <laughs> and Brown again in that crease. You know, I, like, I just love the way Dustin Brown is playing this year, the way John Stevens and uh, – Kings offensive coordinator Pierre Turgeon are using him where Sutter didn't use him in the same yeah. way. Uh, just keep Brown in that crease and just be that wrecking ball. And Brown came so close. And Brown just got his stick on it. Could have been a tying goal. But unfortunately, it didn't. And then it ended up going uh, behind the net and the back and time ran out. The Edmonton Oilers defeat the LA Kings 3-2. to two, And the Kings lose an opportunity to gain two points or gain at least a point by getting into overtime on a day where their rivals picked up points and wins. So the Kings now, that was the end of their last long road trip of the season. Of course, they still have one, and I'm doing the quotations in the air, road trip uh, to Anaheim uh, at the the Honda Center, at the pond. But really, is that even a road game? It's just up the highway. Uh, you know, to neighborly Anaheim. But I'm really disappointed, yeah. guys. I was really hoping that the Kings could pull off a win against Edmonton, especially after that crazy ass kicking that they give. They gave to, you know, a better team than Edmonton, the Colorado Avalanche, yeah. who've been rocking and rolling the second half of the yeah, season right. and on a winning streak, right? So they're taking on, they're coming back home to the Staples Center. They're taking on the pesky Calgary Flames, who pretty much are out of the playoffs at this point. But we all oh, know the yeah. feud that uh, Matthew Kachuk and Drew Doughty have, that, that the Flames and the Kings have had for the last couple of seasons. The Flames always bring their A game against the Kings. So, Ryan, what do we need to do? What do the Kings need to do to beat the Flames on Monday and get back on a winning streak, gain some points? Well, you know what? Um, uh, normally I'd say a fast start, but the thing is, uh, and not all the time, uh, but it, it, it just seems, especially this time of year, um, um, uh, when the game do get a, get a strong start, uh, um, uh, 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 um, no, no, no. Uh, the, the, the other team uh, ends up coming back, and LA doesn't uh, do very much for the rest of the game. So, no, uh, you know what? Um, uh, I, um, 
Um, that is a very good question. Um, uh, um, uh, well, well, here's the thing that definitely gets me really worried, Ryan and Jerry. Okay, go ahead. One thing is the fa- is, is the fact that today. Uh, the Flames played the San Jose Sharks. Sharks destroyed them pretty much 5-1. Yeah, 5-1. Uh, so I like looking at that, and the Flames losing their last few games. I mean, they're on a big losing streak. But the thing that always like worries me is that's usually the teams that are the most dangerous to the Kings when, when the Kings end up facing them. It's almost like the opposite of, you know, logic. Like, for example, if a yeah. team is playing very poorly – and they're out of a playoff spot, and they're on a serious losing streak like the Flames are losing five or more, whatever their losing streak is right now. They've just been terrible and taken the, the second half of the season. I thought they'd be playing a lot better this year than they did, and I'm glad they're not. But usually you look at that, and in theory and on paper, you know, the Kings should beat them. These guys are on a losing streak. They have a problem scoring. They're, they're you know, playing poor defensively. They're not getting good goaltending. Everything is falling apart. And then the Kings, who are above them in the standings, play them, and next thing you know, you know, the Kings end up, end up losing. You know, Edmonton has yeah. been on a winning streak so far, but David has been on a hot streak. Now he's leading the NHL in points, as, as we mentioned earlier. But the Flames are struggling. Like the Sharks just destroyed them 5-1. And that's who the Kings have next. And with the feud that they have right now between each other, which started with the whole Matthew Kachuk elbowing Drew Doughty in the face and then, you know, Drowdy, uh, oh. Doughty saying something, which, you know, he should. And then Kachuk is like, why, why are you talking, Doughty? And Doughty's like, why are you talking, bro? And next thing you know, it's like we're back in the late 80s and 90s in the old Smythe division. We got the Kings yes, and the just going to war against each other, which is cool, except when points are on the line and Calgary tanking, I don't want the Kings to, you know, the Kings got to pick up all these points. Because how many points is it going to take for the Kings to get into the playoffs after today's loss? Do they need eight? Is six enough? Oh, like, yeah. like, Jerry, yeah. what do you think? Well, this is the issue I've had with the Kings all season long, is that they tend to play down to their competition. They play down to their competition tonight and drop the game. And other other than the animosity between uh, Drew and Kachuk, I don't I don't know what motivation there is there for them to play up to the Flames. And you know, it yeah, it is. It's a worrisome game. And again, with <laughs> with the Edmonton broadcast tonight, here I am hearing Drew Doughty telling Canadian reporters that all his trash talk is bullshit, that, you know, none of it's true, you know, because they were talking about the kind of crap that he says to McDavid when he's on the ice with him. And he says, well, none of it's true, but, you know, I, I just run my mouth all game long. Yeah. Yeah, it's normal. So, you know, it's normal to trash talk, to chirp. I mean, you know, like, like that's part of the game. As long as you're not saying anything – you know, crossing any lines, like anything that's racist right. or or anything about, you know, someone's family or something. But if if you're trying to get, 
you know, under someone's skin, then, you know, that, that's a part of the game. Like, all sports have that, right? And you want yeah, you want right. to have that mental, you know, that mental warfare against the other team. If you can get under the skin and get in their heads, that's an advantage for you, right? And Drew Doughty, right. someone who has never been known to be quiet, <laughs> you know, someone no. who has, yeah, has never really. been known to, to use a filter when he talks, <laughs> right. Those words just keep coming out, and I'm sure he annoys uh, many, many, many NHL players throughout the league. I'm sure he annoys many of his teammates sometimes as well. Um, yeah. But you know that's just Drew being Drew, and you gotta love that about him, right? But this whole Kachuk thing, I mean, it's not even like with just Drew Doughty. I think it started with Drew. That's where Kachuk kind of made his name there because he got an elite NHL player to talk about him. And that's exactly what right. happened. Now everyone is watching mm-hmm, right. Matthew Kachuk, right? Keith Kachuk's son. Yeah. And now, and but the every the whole league having problems with Kachuk though. Like did, I remember, I think it was Philadelphia. I could be wrong, but didn't like a whole team scrap happen because of Kachuk by the benches, pretty yeah. much. And Kachuk just yeah. got like for your old pro wrestling fans, Bill Goldberg speared, almost like through the uh, bench, I guess the bench door was open, and he got speared with one of the Philly players because he said something, and almost like a whole riot broke loose between the teams. So the whole NHL is against this kid because he's a pest. That's what he does, right? right. And if he, yeah, he right. knows he's going to get under your skin, he's going to do it too. And Dowdy's going to melt him back off. And, of course, you know, especially if you hit Dowdy in the teeth, he's already missing so many teeth as it is. Um, yeah, he's going to be mad if he loses <laughs> right. more, which is part for the course if you're a hockey player. But, yeah, like what a few this is with Calgary. But the Kings really have to win that game. Like they need the two points. They cannot afford to lose. They cannot afford to just get one. I mean, better one than none. But, uh yeah, they got to take it to Calgary. They got to take it to Arizona and Anaheim and that back-to-back that's after that, and then the three remaining games right. that include that include a, a rematch against Colorado. Colorado is yeah. not going to allow the Kings to come back and destroy them seven-one again. They're looking for revenge. No, right? And they won nope, today. Right. Dallas, who's been right. on a serious losing streak, too, and I think they're pretty much out of a playoff spot. But they always play tough against the Kings, and that's the last game of the season. Yeah, and always. Minnesota, they do, right? And then you got yeah. the Minnesota Wild, who for some reason, like the Nashville Predators, always have strange games against the Kings. Like just weird yeah. supernatural things yeah. happen. So no it's not making me feel any better with these six remaining games of the season. <laughs> so no. I'm thinking the Kings got to win all these games just to be secure. <laughs> and, you know, seeing them so flat today, it's really uh, – I would like to say I'm happy oh. the Kings are coming home to the comfort confines of the Staples Center. But let's be honest, They're guys. I'm sure you guys will agree with well me. There. I mean, the Kings They're are the home warriors this year. Well there. No, they haven't. You know, They're 19-14-3 at home, and they're 22-13-4 on the road. I mean, they lost today on the road. But overall, uh, the Kings played very well on this road trip. Uh, but this game uh, was a bad yeah. end to that trip. But anyways, guys, yeah, we're yeah, going to quickly go. Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Sorry, buddy. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, so we're quickly going to go. You know, usually we do three starts of the game. But, you know, to be honest, when it's a loss, I have a hard time trying to pick out three players. So maybe we'll do some honorable mentions. But we'll each will, I guess, 
pick a star here. Actually, you guys can go ahead. Jerry, who would you pick for your star of the game, and who would you give an honorable mention to? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Jake Muzzin because nice. he did good things tonight instead of bad things. And um, I'm going to get... I'm going to give an honorable mention to. Jeez, uh, who am I going to give an honorable mention to? That's <laughs> hard when it's a lot. <laughs> I know, right? That's, that's, it's that's not tougher easy. Than, that's tougher than picking somebody that was good. Um, it is. I'm going to give an honorable mention to. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> No, no worries. Never, I don't worry. To, 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 to Foley because he had that shot and he had that shot at the empty net. And if it wasn't for his stick getting lifted, I'm sure he would have buried that. And so I'm going to give Foley the honorable mention. All right, but Jake Muzzin, your star of the game, Muzzin, of course, with a big goal. Uh, he hasn't been scoring yeah. much this year, so it's it's good to see him uh, get one in there in the back of the net. His eighth of the season. Muzzin also played 20 minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, one of the top, actually the second top ice time defensively for the Kings in this game. Dowdy played 26-44, not having the strongest of games for Drew. Uh, Muzzin with 20-20, and just after that would be Amart, Alec Martinez at 19:55, and then uh, Derek Forward at 19:48. That's two games in a row for him that he's been low. It, yeah, two, it is. It two is games for in a row sure for him. Shanoff got 1905, Christian Folin the least at 1408. And as we know, we didn't mention on the show, but as we know, when it's a tight game like that, the Kings are down by one goal, you know, John Stevens or whoever, most coaches are going to shorten the bench and just go with their stars, right? That's usually what happens. So Folin not playing much in the third period. Um, Ryan, your star of the game, sir. Uh, my star of the game, uh, he was integral on both goals. It has to be number 70, Tanner Pearson. Yeah, that's my Tanner Pearson. Yeah. Tanner yes. Pearson hustling out there. Two assists, yes. 50 minutes, 31 uh, seconds of total ice time. A huge part of the two goals that the Kings scored, of course, to assist. They only had two goals. And, uh, yeah, Tanner Pearson, great pick. Honorable mention, Brian. Uh, my honorable mention goes to uh, – uh, no, no, and, and – he was, uh, and he was just around with that goal. Uh, 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 um, uh, I call him the hero. The, uh, the guy came up for Arizona. Uh, my mention is Tobias Reader. Nice. Tobias Reader, yeah. uh, with, with an assist today, uh, a beautiful yeah, dish it. to Jeff Carter. Uh, tape the tape, uh, which was the Kings' second goal. So there you go. You got Tanner Pearson as Ryan star of the game. Uh, honorable mention to Tobias Reader. I'm going to say Jeff Carter's my star of the game. One goal, one assist, nice. uh, two two points, 17 minutes and 47 seconds of ice time, uh, 50% at the faceoff circle, four shots. You know, to me, Jeff Carter, as I mentioned before. Uh, People, things, the puck, everything, life just gravitate to him. And I feel like that's what's been happening since he's come back from injury. Everyone's just gravitating to him, and it's the chemistry that they build with him has that Gretzky effect. And, 
Yeah, definitely honorable mention to Tanner Pearson, to Toby Reader. Yep. Though Reader did give up the puck on that first goal, so that gets me yeah. a little, uh, I don't know. That is uh, didn't score, but gets Jerry's honorable mention, but he was a minus one. John's a quick, not the strongest today. He did do some big saves in the second and third period, but again, that, yep. and all three goals really, you know, one was, what can you do? I mean, it was a quick play behind the net. He can't behind his net unless his neck can do a full rotation like in the exorcist or something. There we go, movie reference drop. <laughs> uh, the, yeah. the second goal also happened pretty quick. Um, but, you know, with McDavid, again, the third one, though, was McDavid. Uh, you know, we talked about it. We thought it was a weak shot. But quick, not at his strongest. But he did make 24 saves. But it was an 889 save percentage. So, yeah. that's it. What can you do? Uh, the Kings lose 3-2. Yeah. Around the NHL, but it's sort of wild to see Nashville 4-1. The Avalanche, as mentioned, won wow. today. So the Vegas Golden Knights couldn't do their one job. We give them one job. Do not let the Avalanche get a single point, let alone two. And the Avalanche actually got both. Beating the Vegas Golden Knights in a shootout 2-1. to one. Oh, Vegas, Avalanche, really? Vegas. Vegas, wow. come on, really? Who was in that, who was in that for them? I have no idea. I'm assuming, I'm assuming it was their seventh starter. Uh, they do have like eight goalies playing for them. Is, is that not, not correct? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Mark Andre Fleury took the loss in net for the Golden Knights, so Fleury was in net. Okay. Uh, okay. Also, Rabbi yeah, Chow, we mentioned that. Yeah, Fleury was in today, uh, took the loss. Uh, also mentioned that the Calgary Flames. Got their asses beat by the San Jose Sharks 5-1. Calgary pretty much yeah. out of the playoff spot if it's not official right now. The Sharks created more distance in second place of the Pacific Division. The Toronto Maple, who cares, uh, beat the Toronto Red, who cares, 4-3. <laughs> oh, come on the now. The Washington Capitol, who cares, beat the Montreal Canadiens, who cares, 6-4. The Carolina Hur, who cares, <laughs> can't, uh, beat the Ottawa Senator, who cares, 5-2. The Florida Panther, who cares, beat the division rival of the Kings, Arizona Coyotes, 4-2. Uh, the New Jersey Devils beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, 2-1. Chicago over the Islanders, 3-1. The New York Rangers over the Sabres, 5-1. to one. And to end it, St. Louis wins, as we mentioned, gaining two points, much needed two points. They're rocking and rolling since uh, even their own GM thought they were dead by the trade deadline, trading away uh, Paul Statsny to the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. Caught a lot of uh, St. Louis players off guard, including uh, Brent Chen. But St. Louis rocking and rolling right now, beating Columbus, Two to one, St. Louis, wow. as mentioned by Jim Fox yeah, and Alex wow. Faust today on the Kings broadcast. St. Louis now in the bottom wild card playoff spot with 89 points. Wow, that came out of nowhere. They are on a, they're on yeah, a serious winning streak. Ryan, well, your thoughts with yeah, uh, they had, they had, yeah, and it's a ten game winning sorry, streak. Sorry, sure. Is it is it a ten hmm? game winning streak, Jerry? Isn't it that much? Yeah, yeah. That is insane. Wow. Much All right. Well, that makes, me, that makes me more depressed. Great. <laughs> so it was just one of those days. Toronto um, probably broke up the locker room. Yeah. <laughs> no uh, and doubt. Then, and then, no, no. Uh, and, and no, guys, I know we're running out of time. Uh, and I know it's not the Kings. But, uh, uh, but if I said this once, it said this a thousand times a season. Um, uh, just, just, just a surprise team. Um, 
one team I cannot get over uh, uh, at how how much they underachieved uh, was the Chicago Blackhawks. What happened to them? Salary you know? cap. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right? Like we saw with the Kings. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Uh, we saw it with Boston first, okay, right? The last three big teams uh, before Pittsburgh went back-to-back and won the Cups were the Boston Bruins, Chicago Blackhawks, and the LA Kings, right? Boston winning 2011, right? Chicago winning 2010, 2013, 2015, and our Kings, of course, in 2012 and 2014. We saw Boston get affected by the salary cap first. Uh, Props to their GM, uh, which is Sweeney, right? Uh, Props to him for Uh, not even having to do – not having even to do a full rebuild, they just had to retool, and Boston now back at contenders this year. You know they've already clinched yeah, their spot. Really? They're second in the Atlantic Division, yeah. 102 points, right? So Boston got yeah. back in there, and then of course we all know the problems the Kings have had with the salary cap the last few seasons has yeah. really handcuffed the Kings and uh, you know, uh, picking up new personnel, picking up new players. So I have to say Rob Blake has really done an amazing job in his rookie season as GM after yeah, yeah, Lombardi. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, bubble things the last three seasons. Lombardi really making mistake after mistake after the Kings won their second 2014 yeah. Cup. Of course, Lombardi is a huge reason why they won those Cups, but I'm just saying his final three oh, yeah, seasons – I don't have enough fingers to, uh, you know, to count the mistakes he made as a GM. And, you know, some we look back on 2020 glasses in hindsight, sure. Some at the time really made us scratch our heads. But uh, Rob Blake, you know, has really been working well with the salary cap. But it has affected the Kings, and I feel it has affected Chicago now this year. Don't forget, Kane, 10.5. Jonathan Taves, 10.5. That's uh, Crawford. Yeah. He's got a big contract. Keith, he has a big contract. That's a lot of salary cap space for just four players. Would you say, Jerry? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, Stan Bowman has had to blow up that team a couple of times after cup runs. Yeah. And rebuild it, and he's rebuilt it and got it back into contention. And he didn't do it this time. It, because, you know, he evidently handcuffed himself so much with hanging on to Kane and Taves and Crawford and, and their core. Um, yeah. He kind of got a little deep Lombardi there himself. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they do this offseason. To me, in the offseason, the Blackhawks are going to be the team to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very interesting. Yep. Very interesting. Brian, your thoughts? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm interested uh, because like uh uh because uh, he mentioned Taves, Kane, and Keith, uh, and while they've all been good, uh uh Keith's defensive or former, uh, I don't know if they're still there together. Uh, a lot of money they gave to uh a few years ago. Uh, um, yeah, with Keith. Defensive partner uh, Brent Seabrook. Um, uh, Seabrook has, uh, um, you know, no offense, but uh, no, like my vantage point, he has been uh, 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 his value and his production. Uh, no, 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 uh, um, no, no, no. Uh, 
Valley Production Wise, uh, 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 Brent Seabrook has progressively decreased over the last few years, though. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh-huh. Just, just looking at the salary cap right now, Chicago is second overall. Um, <laughs> you know, with the highest. Uh, oh, the highest. You know, yeah. with the least cap space. Yeah, with the least cap space. Let's put it that only like six thousand <laughs> and six hundred left in that cap space. So yeah, salary cap definitely did them in. Number one, interesting. Yeah. Uh, they've been number one all year. Is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, but they got a lot of contracts that might be disappearing by the end of this season. But uh, and there, there's the whole uh, what's going to happen with GM Lou Lamorello? Is he staying? Are they getting a new a GM? I just hope they have lots of chaos uh, with the Leafs, whether it's a salary cap or with problems with the GM trying to find a new, new GM or whatever, so they can forget about Drew Doughty and forget about the fact that Drew Doughty's contract ends at the end <laughs> of next season. So hopefully Toronto yes. can be distracted by their own uh, mess. But right now Toronto well, top was- of the salary cap, Chicago at number two, Boston, those. interesting, at number three, and L.A., who people still, you know, uh, associate the Kings with a poor salary cap, uh, with being the team with the worst salary cap, and really people aren't paying attention to that because the Kings have dropped considerably uh, this season, again, because of rookie GM uh, Rob Lake. So the Kings kind of in the middle of the pack, just above the San Jose Sharks, and just under the Anaheim Ducks and the New York Rangers and the National Predators. So there you go for you non-believers out there. All right, guys, Isn't we're going to have to cut take a huge jump this year. Isn't Sorry, the cap supposed that, to take a huge jump next? Isn't the cap supposed to take a huge jump next year? The cap, uh, it is. I, I'm not too sure how much. Ryan, do you know how much the cap is raising next year? Um, uh, I don't think it's official yet, but they have an idea. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. Off the top of my head, I read something. I read something this week that it's supposed to jump like huge. Is it? Oh, it usually really? does. It usually does go up a bit, but yeah, I've also heard that it's going to be a big jump. But right now, they're just guessing, but I don't say uh, mean guessing the number. They don't have an exact number as of right now, as far as I know, but it is supposed to go up. Uh, right now, the cap is at... Uh, I thought I had it. I didn't have it. Sorry, guys. But the upper uh, limit is around $75 million. Uh, the lower limit is 55.4. So if it's going to raise up, hey, that's you know that's good news. That Definitely for the Kings, it's going to be interesting to see what Rob Blake does. And also interesting yeah, to see definitely. how Rob Blake can try to keep Drew Doughty onto the Kings. And if they do, uh-huh. for how much? And yeah. if they I, th- do, I thought I read $80 million. I thought I read $80 really? million on the cap last year. Yeah. Almost million, like a okay. $5 million jump. That's a huge, that's yeah. a huge jump yeah. if that's yeah. true. Yeah. So, hey, that'd be great for us. And uh, like I said, that's going to be some space yeah, for Doughty. But, do you, but if we keep Doughty... Would the same thing happen to the Kings again, salary cap-wise, that happens right now? That's happening right now to the Chicago Blackhawks? Would the Kings be handcuffed once again? Uh, that's a very good <laughs> that's question. That's a tough one. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, that's a tough one. Sorry, guys. It is. Do, <laughs> that's to a whole keep true, question. <laughs> yeah, to keep Drew or not to keep Drew. Of course we want to keep Drew. And then you're thinking, man, the cap. And it's like, oh. 
But, and then it's like, what can we get back for Drew? But right now I'm talking crazy because the Kings lost to the Oilers 3-2. to two, So we're going to put an end to this show. Hopefully this is not the last episode of Ellie King's Road Talk Radio this season. This is oh, definitely our not. last this definitely is our last episode of the regular season of the very yep. least. But let's hope, cross our fingers and toes, and pray to the hockey gods that the Kings can pull off some victories and gain some much-needed points and just make that final push into the playoffs. And if I can pick a spot, and this is just you know my personal preference, hockey gods, so please don't use it against me, but I hope the Kings no, do secure the third the third spot of the Pacific Division and take on the San Jose Sharks, even though the Kings will not have home ice advantage. They have been the Road Warriors this year, and I feel better taking on the Sharks, the Sharks of this year, though they are on a winning streak right now, than I would the Nashville Predators in the first round of the playoffs. The Predators with 106 yeah. points already clinched their playoff spot. Yeah. Ryan, if, if the Kings make the playoffs, where do you want them who do you want them against? I want them against uh, uh, I want now, you're going to call me crazy, but like, I want them in the first wildcard spot because uh, uh, Nashville is, is most likely I don't think they can win shit, but they're most likely going to take the top spot in the West. Uh, the second spot will go to the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, uh, now, uh, yeah, I would want I'd like a, a San Jose rematch too, but but the thing is, the thing about Vegas, um, no no, uh, now I could be totally wrong on this, uh, but um, you know, this expansion team, no one expects them to do this well in the regular season. Um, right. Uh, I think because they um they did so well in the season, uh, uh, but. By uh, the time the, uh, the playoffs start, uh, 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 the Golden Knights are uh, no, no, uh, 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 are more or less going to uh, uh, run out, I guess. Jerry, who, where do you want the Kings? If, because the hockey gods are listening. Hockey cards are listening. I'm not, <laughs> listeners out there, you guys told me well enough from this show and, and from my articles how superstitious I am. So I'm not saying <laughs> I don't believe that the Kings aren't making the playoffs, but what I am saying is if, because the hockey guys are always listening. So, Jerry, if the Kings do make the playoffs, where do you want them to finish, and who do you want them against in the first round? Ryan says Vegas. How about you? Vegas is tantalizing because they've been struggling lately. Um, I do love to bash shark fans, so yeah. I, would, I, would, I, would, I would I would love to have us match up against the sharks again. And you know, if the hockey gods are in fact listening, I'd. Almost like to go down three nothing to him again and, and take him oh, off the first rate. I hope the hockey oh, Jerry, come on, please. hear that. You just made my stress levels explode out of my brain just now, Jerry. Like, whoa. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. If the Kings take on Nashville, 
I don't know if my heart can take it because weird things, just like against Minnesota, weird supernatural things happen to the Kings whenever they play against the Nashville Predators. And, of course, we're talking about the yeah. Stanley Cup finalist Nashville Predators. Um, and if the Kings take on Vegas, I would feel a bit more comfortable. I do think the Kings can take Vegas in a best-of-seven series, but I'm not 100% sure if I'm taking Vegas too lightly because, like Ryan said, no one expected Vegas to be playing this great, uh, let alone right. to win the Pacific Division. Right. I mean, the and Kings have won one division. In, series. in 51 seasons, the Kings have won division. Uh, division of victory, the Smythe division back in 91. I could care less about, uh, you know, division titles, but but it's hilarious how Vegas wins in their first year, you know, but the regular season is different from the playoffs and only a fool would take any team lightly in a best of seven playoff series. The playoffs, you got to play serious, you got to tighten up, you got to have strategy. So no one's going to take Vegas lightly, especially since they won a division. You can't rely on the fact that maybe they're a fluke because what if they're not? But I, but I would yeah. feel more comfortable against Vegas, so I'm with you there, Ryan. Uh, I I personally would like to see the Kings in third against San Jose. I think we could take the Sharks best of seven. But, Jerry, I don't know if I can agree. <laughs> Another 0-3 to come back and win seven. We're definitely testing the odds and fate. The fact that the Kings did it once was enough. The fact that I think it's only been, what, four teams that have done it in hockey history, five overall overall professional sports. I could be it's wrong about like that. that. yeah. No, 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 uh, guys, like I want to point out, uh, uh, Jeff and Jerry, I think you know this already. Uh, I'm a lifelong Kings fan, and I'm also a lifelong Boston Red Sox fan. Uh, the Red Sox yes. pulled off the 03 upset in 04. The Kings did it 10 years later. You know what? Uh, hey, you, you know what? Uh, before 04, people say it could never happen. Well, you know what? Since then, it's already happened twice. So, you know what? Yep. Yeah. You, you, you know what? Uh, if it happens a third time, uh, uh that will be perfectly okay, right? We're talking crazy. We must be Ryan, three. We must be th- three Eastern time zone Kings fans at one forty-three in the morning if we're like strategizing about if the Kings went zero and three against San Jose in the first round of these playoffs and still come back yes. to win it because it's true the Kings did do it. The Red Sox did do it to the Yankees in the uh, the American yeah. League division, uh, not divisional series. Uh, yeah, the yeah, ALDS, yeah. right? Yeah. I have been comparing my Cleveland Indians to the San Jose Sharks for choking out 3-0, oh. up 3-0 against the Cubs. Oh, that's, oh, that's right. right. That's your, no no yeah, one here knows what the hell I'm talking about, but I, I, do. I still do it. Devin won since 48. That's a page of Larry Doby. I mean, wow. Fellas, I still say Ricky Vaughn is the greatest pitcher in Cleveland Indian history. Wild thing. I mean, the greatest reliever of Gaylor all time, Perry, possibly. No. Gaylord Perry. Gaylord Perry. Gaylord Perry. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> that's, that's bitter. That's bitter with uh, real. Yeah, well, he's, that's he's true. No Willie, that's he's no Willie Mays Hayes. Let's put it that way. He's no Willie Mays Hayes. All right, guys, we got to cut it short right now. Uh, uh, Ryan, where can everybody? Ryan, thank you for being on the show, my good friend. Uh, always an honor and a pleasure. Uh, where can everyone find you and your work online? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 Jeff, I want to thank you for having me. Um, uh, now, for those who haven't followed Cali Sports, real quick, I've been doing my prospect reports. 
this week I'm doing my final one, uh, uh, and, and it is on uh, uh, Victoria Royals defenseman Chaz Redica. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, stay tuned for that. All right, right on, everybody. Be on the lookout for that. Jerry, you too, sir. Yeah. Thank you for being on the show with us for the whole show. You're second in a row as a co-host of LK's Road Talk Radio, sir. Thank you so much. Any final thoughts oh, before you welcome. go, Jerry? Yeah, I want to I wanna leave you with two uh, weird statistics that I pulled out of the uh, Edmonton Oilers broadcast. The Kings, right, have, ten pl- the Kings have 10 players with over 100 hits. On this season already. Ten players? Wow. Yeah. Ten players have over 100 hits. Huh. And Andre Kopitar's resurgence this season is the largest Uh, year-to-year point gain in L.A. Kings history with 34 points. Yes. Wow. Very interesting. Look at... Those were two. Th- those were two things that I gleaned from the Edmonton Oilers broadcast, and I, I love the Canadian broadcasters. I really do. It, if I'm going to watch a game with a Canadian team, I like to watch it with the Canadian broadcasters because they have the they have these cool statistics that nobody else throws out there. So that was All two right. things that I gleaned out of tonight's game. There you go, Jerry, dropping some stats on us from the Canadian broadcast of the Kings Edmonton Oilers game. All right, guys, have yourself a good night. Thank you for being on the show. And to all you listeners out there, let's not make this the last episode of the season. Well, regular season, yes, but not the entire season. Let's be back for the playoffs for LA Kings Road Talk Radio. And, of course, big shout-out to my colleagues, uh, Ryan Cowley and Jerry Atkins for being on the show, helping me out today. And, of course, the LA Kings superfan, Augie Loya, and the grand poobah of LA Kings Road Talk Radio, Hip Check Scott Cahill, who has a gig tonight with his band, The Hired Gun Trio, which is why he wasn't able to be on the show tonight. So the Kings drop it 3-2 to two against the Edmonton Oilers, but hopefully the Kings can bounce back at home at the Staples Center against the Calgary Flames. And normally we use this song when the Kings have a victory, Um, But the Kings didn't win today. But I'm going to use it anyways because it makes me feel better. Of course, it's Sammy Hagar's weekend, everyone. So I am Jeff DeWart, J.D. Styles of CaliSportsNews.com. And I just want to say, go Kings go for life. Good night, everyone.
Just make the playoffs, Kings. Just make the playoffs. <sighs> go, Kings, go. <laughs>